My name is Doc Sarah. And I'm Doc in Training, Elise. And we're not your typical doctors, where we're having transparent conversations about all things human performance. Join us as we create a space for all disciplines and their role in optimizing the human machine. Big conversations that will leave you satisfied. That's what she said. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, Not Your Typical Doctors, episode number 11. I am one of your co-hosts, Doc in Training Elise. I'm here with my other fabulous co-host, Doc Sarah. Hello, hello. And yeah, I know, <laughs> still here, getting, getting uh, paid to do what we love. In snacks. In snacks. Yes. I just had a great, <laughs> great snack. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. But today we're going to talk a little bit about selection. Dun, dun, dun. I know. I know. What kind of selection? I mean, really, I, th- I feel like feel like our conversation is probably going to be applicable once again to a lot of different situations. But um, today in particular, you know, uh, we had several people that we worked with together, separate, um, in our human performance team, helping them really get focused on making that selection cut in the military. Um, so I, it's, I feel like it's a conversation that comes up a lot. What do you think, Sarah? You get that yeah. question a lot? Yeah, this was this was something that was asked for actually specifically by some of our active duty listeners. They were interested in our opinion on like how to get to selection and how to be successful. Yeah. So yeah, um, how to prep for it. Yeah. yeah. So this will be geared, I think a little bit more towards them because it is going to be informative, but if you're a human performance provider and you're listening and you aren't participating in the selection process, and I think you'll agree with me that every discipline should be participating in programming together for selection. Yeah. Um, oh. You really won't be successful fully unless uh everyone's coming together and kumbaya and holding hands and all that so yeah and i think i think if you talk to anybody who goes through the selection process um is on the other side and is working in it is you know helping other people through like i think they're all going to come down to the same answer that it is more it's mind over matter oh yeah um like there don't get me wrong you know, I'm not like, I'm in no physical shape to go to selection, right? Like I don't run. So that's not a good option for me. So I don't recommend that you get off the couch and go to selection, but, um, it is, it is way more mental than physical. So it does require the use of your entire human performance team. If you are not utilizing the cognitive subject matter experts, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, you're wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and we've seen it. So we've had, um, I can think of at least two when we were working together mm-hmm. that only utilized, you know, a certain pillar of the human performance team and actually didn't utilize us and they didn't get in. Um, yep. They got washed back and they were pissed, you know, and they're like, I don't understand why I didn't get in. And I, I do feel like the feedback, I actually talked with somebody, was it this week or last week? Um, who had asked questions about this and it was a um, enlisted member and he um, he was like I wish somebody would have told me because we were let me back up we we're having a conversation about selection and he asked me my professional opinion on, on prep for it 
Mm -hmm. Um, This had literally just came up in like a treatment session. And he then goes on to tell me that, you know, when he was at a a different unit, not where we're at, um, you know, he'd only utilized one pillar of selection, which is usually your physical training, um, your strength component. He had only done that. Um, And he says he wishes, he's like, I would have done anything to have, you know, the information or have a well-rounded program. He's like, because I didn't even make it to the psychological assessment. (laughs) He's like, I actually dropped out before that. Um, And and that's what I feel like all the, all our guys that get washed back, it's either they don't pass the psychological assessment and you don't get any feedback. Like they don't tell you like, Hey, you're fucked up. That's why we didn't pick you. They were just like, we didn't pick you based on your psychological assessment. Something a little more like to fuck with your psyche. Yeah. They literally Um, like hand you Pandora's box. They're like, sorry, you didn't make it, but here's a box of unanswered questions. (laughs) It's because of your psychological assessment. Good luck. Yeah. Godspeed. Yeah. And, (laughs) and then, um, yeah. And then we have a few that just say like mentally they weren't prepared enough so they can't handle it and they don't get to the, the psychological assessment. Um, I only know of one member who like went without programming but again when you get into like uh the guy got recycled twice and went back for a third time when you get into it he just kind of did his own like mental resiliency training well, you know what i mean to like say, prep himself up. Say, you go through it that many times yeah. we're very resilient like by trade we're very resilient creatures right and like, we seek growth naturally we are naturally built for growth so somebody who goes through it that many times they're figuring it out. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and guess what? He passed the third time, believe it or not. Yeah. He's, yeah. At, our, he's at our unit right now. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think I, the biggest opener, like for this section, for anybody listening, this is HBO providers, but really for our, any active duty who's considering going like tier one or tier two, social mm-hmm. warfare, because that's who we have worked with. It is not all about your strength and conditioning, man. That is a small part it's important yeah. but the cog the cog shit way more important i'm it talking is. they're on different shelves like yeah it's just it's it's yogi bear like i was just telling you it's yogi bears right it's 90 percent mental the other half is physical like it's 100%. and yeah. honestly like the you know working with look working with special warfare your physical level is is already like going to be better than other people who are probably showing up there Correct. so to be fair majority of what you're probably working on. I I always told anybody who came to me, I'd say, you know what? I was like, my best, my best Mm -hmm. suggestion is figure out your strengths and your weaknesses, know them inside and out, get your mental game on point or it, or that will, or that process will tear you apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I always take the stance that, and you can even look back, like some of the smallest tier one um, like ANS recruits for like the we're the seals. They they'll, they they don't look. You can always put on mass. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But if mm-hmm. you have like you can always add to a frame. That's kind of what I look at it. If you can hone in on nutrition, you know you have the right staff. You can totally put mass on anybody, mm-hmm. um, even in a yes. short period of time, very yes. safely. So that's why a lot of tier ones, you know, they're they're looking past that. I mean, you still have to pass obviously the physical part, but you don't have to be this big beefy lean cut thing. Like that can come later, right? Um, and if well, you ever look it. in yeah. the seal classes, there's always a, there's always a small guy or two. Like, yeah. and, and that's a perfect example. Like you can add mass later. Yes, you can. You can always, well, and I mean, that's like, gosh, go through any, I feel like go through any college, you know, like division one 
mm-hmm. of football and basketball. Like I remember working with the guys, um, at Notre Dame and like, you'd see them come in and then like, and you know, and then they'd be put on these beautiful programs that right. would just, you'd meet them like the next semester or the following year. And you'd be like, Oh my gosh, like <laughs> the fuck happened to you? Hulk? Yeah, Jesus. yeah. It's like, it's, it's all, it's all that like video montage of captain mm-hmm. America becoming captain America. Like it's like, it's it's that so exactly i completely agree that's a beautiful point though because captain america was so great because of his fucking mental resiliency because he got picked out all the time and the and he made good choices like he was a good ethical person yeah um which is something to look at too so yeah let's give a little so we're gonna extrapolate yeah um, but we're pretty much gonna go over uh what we consider like three different parts per se in terms of selection programming that we want to make sure you're getting after and kind of looking at um so the first part i don't think we're going to speak very much to um because it's not something that we would do we would you know assist with the team but the the strength (laughs) component of it that's going to come straight from your your either your exercise physiologist or your strength and conditioning specialist that's what they do they program um you know they can very easily put you on an individualized program a lot of pts can do that for you too if you don't have a strength coach available to you um that's not a problem but that's pretty cut and dry like you have to get on a program anywhere between three to six months before you go uh you're gonna have to tighten up your nutrition you know just to kind of get your body optimizing and you know and functioning the best way possible physically and physiologically Uh, and that's one part of it and then Mm -hmm. i would say you can kind of break it down into a cognitive section but the cognitive parts you're going to prepare for um are actually kind of bifurcated so you would have what i like to coin as the physical component of cognition or cognitive tasks and then your mental um cognition or cognitive tasks so what do we mean by physical portions of cognitive work so yes is it just do it is it huh just do it just physically do it just do it no so um the (laughs) easiest (laughs) the easiest way is more learning how to take physical control over stress management, which sounds kind of like hokey dokey, right? Like, oh my God, I do that all the time. But, you know, it's a habit and it's a skill. So if you're able to A, recognize it, like recognize what your body does when it registers stress, um, what yep. happens in your body when it registers stress. So typically you can start holding your breath or your respiratory rate increases or your heart rate increases. Right. You might become sweaty. You might yep. start to have racing thoughts, right? To be able to recognize that and then actually train yourself to stimulate your own uh, vagal nerve or your own parasympathetic system to calm yourself faster so that you can stay focused and more efficient in front of you so pretty much we're taking something that you already do you just probably don't do that well like let's be honest i mean there's times when i'll check in with myself during the day and i'm like why the fuck am i holding my breath (laughs) you know yeah Um, or you find your shoulders are tense or you find that you're yeah or you find that you're like agitated and haven't just taken a second to like check in with yourself to check in right so what we're doing is taking things that you already know how to do per se but you're going to practice it you're going to turn it into something you either a maybe be forgetting or something b that's kind of involuntary but we're going to strengthen it because we're going to turn it into a habit or a skill um and then you're gonna get to the point that you can execute it automatically so we're gonna we're just gonna make you more efficient is the easiest way um so an example of that is like i said is um i will work with people 
and we generally start out, we would build like we would with any program, but generally we would start out by stressing the body, um, cognitive with physical components. Cause that's just part of it. Like to get the heart rate up and sweating and stuff. Um, and then, you know, pulling the person off and teaching them different techniques and how to decrease their heart rate through whether it be breathing, you know, eyes closed, visualization, tapping, whatever works for that person. And we'll go through a multitude of things. Um, and then we tighten it up. Right. So then you learn how to do it and we practice it a little bit, a couple sessions on off on off. Oh, you got control of it. Okay. Now do it in a minute. You have a minute to get your heart rate under 60 beats per minute. Go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then you'll, you'll sharpen up um, the fastness of it. And it and it, it works. Um, there's different ways to get the, the vagal nerve stimulation too, which is really cool. Yep. Um, depending on what body part you have accessible. You know, if you want to do pressure versus vibration yep. uh, versus breathing. You know, there's just kind of like a multitude of things. So there's definitely plenty yep. to work on there. Um, and then the other part in terms of the physical cognition that I think is really important um, is being able to tolerate a lot of sensory input. So what I consider multi-sensory input, um, being able to tolerate it and still stay on task. So it's, it's kind of like a heavier form of stress inoculation. Yeah, um, it's like a phys- it's a physical form, right? It's pretty much. It, yeah, yes. It's a physical form. Yep. So you'll have like, you know, an axial load and... You'll have a, a visual input you'll have to do and a cognitive task in front of you. And there'll also be an auditory input and maybe someone's throwing something at you at the same time and um, just kind of working on a lot of input all at once, how to either filter it or let it go or kind of tunnel vision uh, yeah. to be able to get the task done. So those are just kind of different examples, but super important to have that physical portion of the cognition under control. Yeah. So you can, well, this is because like you said, this is all the parts that like, these are the the micro pieces that you can actually gain control over, which in a moment where you feel out of control, reaching back to something you can control puts you back in control. Right. So, um, but you just have to practice it. And that's what most people, uh, miss out on. You know, I think we talked about this last episode, but the brain's a muscle, man. Like it's mm-hmm. just like your heart or any other muscle in your body. And to get better at something cognitively, even if it's this physical manifestation of cognitive stuff, you, you still have to practice it. So yeah, it's getting in, learning the different tricks to and traits to calm yourself down, um, or whatever it might be, whatever the programming looks like, and then just getting better at it and getting more efficient at it. Yes. And yeah. I think that added in with the the mental, like cognitive portion is like money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, and for sure, right. Like it's, it's, it's going to be, this is going to be so interwoven that at, at times you're not really going to be able to pull the two apart. Right. Because, yeah. um, you know, I think to go back to kind of, and I'm actually going to do that. I'm going to take what you just described and I'm going to kind of go back and talk about where you're going to see the mental piece pop up. Right. So at the very beginning, you know, a big part of this, and I say mental because it involves a little bit more talking and education, you know, so going back to the beginning and educating, Hey, this is what you can expect your body to do under stress. This is what you, you know, this is how the body responds. This is why it responds to kind of validate, normalize, you know, we're not here to tell you, you've been doing it wrong. We're telling you to do, you know, this is why you've been doing what you do now, you know, so let's change it, strengthen it, whatever. Um, and so that gives, you know, so then you kind of, I've always found that to be such a great place to start because half the battle is that there's that mind game again, where 
if I'm walking in expecting, and I've had, I've had clients do this. If you walk in expecting yourself to fight when your body faces fight, flight, freeze, you are already setting yourself up for potential disappointment because Mm -hmm. if you are just, if you're looking, if you're expecting or doubting or planning for an outcome rather than willing to receive all of them, you're setting yourself up for failure, disappointment at the very least. So that's a big one. Um, love that you talked about the vagus nerve, talked about all the different layers, like as you're developing this mental routine, right? So you've got doc Sarah, who is taking you through like the physical, you know, so there's a lot of the implementation, um, of the acquired skills. So this is where you're practicing your skills, developing your mental plan. So saying, Hey, I really respond to imagery. I really respond to, um, you know, like you said, diaphragmatic breathing, um, the, the vagus nerve, like this is, this is literally your fight, flight, freeze, brake pedal, literally running top to bottom through your body. So getting to know that and what, how you can access its power and then strengthen it. Because if you work it just like the muscle, it strengthens, it makes it more easy to access. Do this now before you're like sitting there in selection, needing to call on it. And that thing is all, you know, just as tuckered out as you are. Um, again, get to know your healthy stress response, get to know how you can control it. Uh, the mental performance piece really complements the physical cognitive piece, right? So we're working in tandem to strengthen um, and really uh, devise your personalized mental performance plan. The other mental piece is if we find any sort of weakness, if we find any performance anxiety, if we find, um, you know, stress, uh, the inability to block stuff out, then we can also take the time to acknowledge that, right? Like what are your triggers, what tips you off, what, you know, um, what do you like about this job? Why are you getting ready to go in? How do you do like Sarah's running you through a gamut of tests? She is stressing you out when you get to that point where you want to quit. We got to get your head straight to not quit. Right. Uh, to not, to not look, you know, we're not looking three hours ahead. I want you to look for, look at the next three minutes. You got to stay present. Stay present. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about tomorrow. Worry Mm -hmm. about right now. Worry Mm -hmm. about getting to lunchtime. Worry about finishing at the end of today. Right. So stay present in this moment right now, because it's the only one that matters. And that in that one step at front of the other will get you to tomorrow, to the next day, to the next day. Um, well, I think even I, just like, like you said, like working through and acknowledging, cause you can be super smart. Like I'm a, I am a terrible test taker, mm-hmm. you know? So like me personally, if I was going up against selection, I think it's valuable to take that three to six months beforehand to really, like you were saying, almost identify your weaknesses and be like, all right, this is what I suck at, you know, like, yeah. and, and accept it and, and take it and try to make it a little bit better. It doesn't mean you're still not going to suck at it by the time you go to selection, Probably not. Like you're probably still going to suck at it, but you're going to be able to handle it better. Right. You know, it's still going to be a weakness, but you're going to have the opportunity to identify it, reflect on it and, and try to yeah. find something yeah. that moves you over it. Yeah. We are not, that's, that's a great point. It's not that we need to spend this time to take all of your weaknesses and make them strengths. Honestly, you just mm-hmm. need to be empowered to recognize them. Like right. I was just talking about, right. Fight, flight, freeze. 
it's not that you need to sit there and be like, this is what I plan on happening. And if this happens then this just expect, like be, be present and aware and mm-hmm. just catch, like I always tell, I tell people the visualization, like catch the information. Okay. Now what do I do with it? Right. Like, and if you've ever played a game, if you've ever played any sport where you catch, you know, that as you practice, you get faster. Mm-hmm. So so, you know, at first you're going to catch slowly. And then like, you know, like Sarah was saying, okay, now you have six, you know, you have 60 seconds. Okay. Get it faster. Get it faster. Don't quit. Stay present. And these are the things that we would be practicing. And then, you know, separately, right. Like working on, you know, you can work on the micro pieces, Sarah can, you know, your physical therapist can work on if any of your form is bad, if you're using the wrong structure or shape, your coach can work on, you know, any gaps in your physical performance, your mental performance coach, your mental health person, whoever you have access to can really work on coaching you through any of those weaknesses that are coming from, you know, anything deeper or external. So, um, which I think puts you like in more control because you expect it. You know, so even though we're identical, because I don't want that to be deterring for anybody listening that might be thinking about going out to selection and being like, oh, fuck, I don't want to sit down and talk about everything that's wrong with me and like all my weaknesses, you know, but being able to identify it and and to say, okay, like test anxiety, for example, right? Because I brought that up about myself, um, saying that, that you know that and there are physical tests and sometimes you even have to write papers and crazy stuff in selection. But if you know that that's going to come up and because of the the prep and the training you have, you have ways to, to mitigate it. Like you can expect it. So it's something that's in your control right. yeah, versus or it being, yeah. an ex- you know, an ex- something that's, you know, piles on anxiety or makes it much worse. Like you can sit down and be like, OK, that's my test anxiety. Like I know my test anxiety is coming up. Let's go through how to just work through it and move on. You know, it's not a surprise. Yes. It's not anything. It's that not a build. surprise that right there. It's not a surprise, right? It's not, you're not blindsided. Yeah. So like when it comes, like when they're like, okay, there's a test. Okay. You're writing a paper and you, you literally can see that tidal wave of anxiety and you're just like, all right, so here we are. Now I have these tools. I'm ready for it, which is so much more like powerful, powerful, a hundred percent powerful. I agree. You brought up another great point, right? Like nobody is sitting here and I'm actually going to I'll point out to you, cause if you don't have, um, you could have like a bomb ass therapist, a uh, physical therapist, like Sarah, who has this background in the neuroplasticity and like, you know, and the brain and recovery and stuff like that. So they're going to be able to build a lot of that mental skills into that programming. And I say this, especially if you don't have access or, you know, whatever kind of access you have to the mental performance is not, um, it does not fit the bill, does not fit what you need, um, that you might have these resources and they might look creatively a slightly different way. From a mental performance side, I yes, I am a clinical social worker, which means I have the ability to pull out the DSM and diagnose you. It doesn't mean that's what I'm always doing, but it also doesn't, you know, but it doesn't mean that you couldn't also get all the benefits you needed from a mental performance coach, um, you know, or a well-trained uh, you know, coach from like a different, um, field, uh, you don't have to acknowledge or solve the root of your anxiety. I have worked with people who have things, right. We open up the box, we open up the box and we're like, oh, so this is what we've uncovered in here. And both of, and, you know, and both of us are like, okay, well we've now seen it. 
And the client was like, I don't really want to deal with that. Cool. Box that shit up, put it back on the shelf. Right. We're so much better now. For later. Yeah. We know about it. We'll pull it off the shelf when we need to, but right now we're performance-based, we're future-based, we're present-based. Mm-hmm. So knowing that it's there and then figuring out a way to make sure it doesn't fall off the shelf is like the biggest thing we can give you. It does not mean we're ripping through your past, tearing up, you know, the, the skeletons in your closet. It's just, um, it's, it's an accessible feature if you need it. Yeah. And I think that's important too, like you're saying about the provider part of it. Cause I almost feel like some providers don't get into type of performance work, like true performance work because of that, they almost get tied up in, well, I'm here to diagnose, or I'm here to tell you your dysfunction, or I'm here to tell you, you know, what to do in the, in the performance side of things. We look at that, but that's not what we're working on, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Like, I definitely take into account, you know, if you have bad body mechanics or say you have a dysfunctional, like, pattern or dysfunctional, non-painful, some, something or other, but that's not what I'm going to focus on. You know, it might be a small part of it, but sure. but the performance part is so much more than that. Yeah. Well, it's part of your history, right? right. It's like, if, if I, like, if you go, if you go to your physical therapist and you give a brief history and you're like, oh yeah, I had my ACL replaced or I broke my arm when I was 12. Like you're going to give this history just so that like everybody's aware. And then you can make sure that if adjustments have to be made, you make them. The mental side would be similar to a, to a degree, right? Like if big things stand out, um, it's good to know so that we know how to navigate them, um, and strengthen you around them. Like I said, I've the, the couple of people I've worked with, um, recently, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, some of them uncovered stuff, either they knew about it. Um, maybe they didn't know about it and we, but we were able in that moment to give them the opportunity to say, now that we know, what do you want to do? And even at one point, I think it was like, cool that you want to work on it. Now's not the time, right? Right. Like we're not unboxing this right now. We're going to put it back on the shelf. We know it's there. Let's get you through selection successfully. And then we'll have some opportunity to take it back down. Right. Correct. Something for a rainy day. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Put a pin in it, put a pin in it. Cause that's the thing. Like if you have members that decide to go to selection, it's their life. You know, you're prepping three to six months before, ideally six months, but I would say bare minimum would be three for, Mm -hmm. for me, for me personally, I would think. And that's probably rushing it a little bit, but, um, and then selection is six months usually give or take as, as long as you don't get washed back. So there's a year, you know, like it, like it's a commitment and there's, there's daily, daily work and sometimes daily check-ins and there's multiple, you know, appointments a week to kind of stick with your programming or meet your programming. So it's a really high level of commitment. I think that's something too. Um, sometimes guys are just like, I want to get beefed up and go to selection. Well, and they just, they don't realize that part of it. Like you're literally probably signing your life away for a year easily by the time you prep, go through and then figure out if you're washed back or if you're actually selected. So that's something on either end, whether you're someone who's looking to go into selection or if you're a provider, uh, in this setting that is looking to get into this programming, like the, it's very dedicated for sure. Even on the programming end. Um, when we work with people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I would, um, you know, my like, so like we said, right. Mind over matter. Um, 
there. So my two, two of the things that I probably would say can bring about some of the biggest mental chunk, like mental obstacles. One, like I said, don't ever quit. Right. Um, so there's, it's don't ever quit because there's that self-fulfilling prophecy. The second you doubt yourself, mm. the second you think, you know, or worry I could fail you're halfway there yeah. not already mentally you're already you're there, there right yeah, so that's a good point we have to get you in the position and the and again you know you have to get yourself in the position to the mentality of don't ever quit and that goes back to right make it through five minutes make it through 10 make it to lunch make it to tonight don't worry about tomorrow or three days from now because it doesn't matter three days from now if you don't get through today um the second one is uh One of the biggest things I think that causes one of the biggest head trips, and I would actually say, I think that this has to do with just the overall culture in the military. Don't expect external validation or feedback, right? So in the military, pretty common that if you're fucking up, somebody's telling you Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, every now and again, they'll throw you some peanuts of validation, like, Hey, keep it up. Hey, that looks great. You know? Um, but they're definitely telling you when you're fucking up here don't you're gonna get nothing you're gonna get nothing they're not even gonna call you by your name you're probably gonna get a number (laughs) to be honest with you like they don't like it's completely depersonalized yeah yeah and that is one of like one of the biggest things is um and i would say one of the biggest obstacles we work through is that you know stop expecting external or extrinsic motivation like it has got to come from within you have got to be there for you you have to trust you you have to trust the process and you cannot be looking for it externally and that is probably one of the biggest mental mind obstacles um that i would think shows up in that process yeah absolutely and there's you know there's things about that too that i feel like when guys come back they didn't realize um you know just like that they were being assessed on their personalities and their ethics you know like like there's certain attributes that they look for in these people um that were always really surprising for some of our guys got that got washed back you know why do they care if i'm faithful to my wife why do they care you know if i've fucking gone to a casino before like whatever Mm -hmm. um that they were always really surprised on and another piece that i think is super informative that um was you know feedback that i've gotten from guys that have gone is they didn't realize how heavily weighted the peer review process was Mm. um which really goes back to personality traits and kind of what you're you're saying external um reinforcement because we've had people who have been washed back because of peer reviews so you will know if you're washed back because of a peer review, um, like they'll just tell you, it, it's a very, you know, public setting. Like you're, fu- it's like fucking survivor cash your votes. You're out, like get on the bus and go home. Um, and that I was something that always, when guys came back, you know, they didn't realize how heavy peer peer review was. So yeah. it's yeah. not putting on a show. It's, it's truly being who you are the entire time, which I feel like some people think it is a show. They think they're going to go there and they're going to perform and they're going to put out and, you know, maybe when the board's not around, it might be That's different. That's what she said. Yeah. She's gonna... Don't put out at selection. No, no, don't put out at selection. <laughs> be yourself. <laughs> it is. But yes, be authenticity. Right. So yes. like, because again, it, it is the, um, it is such a complex job interview. Right. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it's a job interview. And mm-hmm. so like, you are only going to be able to uphold 
that like you're, if you are truly somebody for the job, it's going to be the authentic version of you, which again, a good training program in all of your pillars can absolutely accentuate and kind of like, um, evolve you into an authentic, you know, person that feels comfortable to go to selection, but no, do not go down there and be, be who you think you'll eventually be right. Or who they want you to be be. or whatever. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're the person who, if you are the person who finds humor, if you are the person who, you know, like teamwork, or if you're the person who's a little bit quieter, like you just, you gotta be you. It's the only person that's going to get through that selection is the authentic version of you. That's another good point too. Um, And that was like feedback I've gotten from people who have been on the hiring like board for selection. So not the participants, the people that are picking selection um, is they do truly see it as a job interview. So you need to treat it as a job interview, meaning don't fucking show up to selection in sweatpants. Don't get on that flight. Don't get on that bus in fucking sweatpants. Would you show up to a job interview? Like not in the professional code or, or what do they always say? Dress one above whatever, you know, the professional code is. Like you have to make sure from the beginning of that journey, you know, you are treating it as a job interview and while authentically, you know, kind of being yourself, which I think is important because that was something that, you know, I personally I remember when that member like gave that piece of information. I'm like, man, that's a really good point. And I, I might have been that person that fucked up and showed up in sweatpants, right? Because it's just a flight there, like it's sweatpants, but you don't know who's on that flight. And the reason this came up is because one of the board members was on the same flight with one of the kids that was going for selection. And he uh, saw him and he was like, yeah. Who the fuck goes to a job interview in sweatpants? You know? And yeah. I'm like, Oh, that's such a good point. <laughs> It really is. Well, and so, I mean, really, yeah. Cause, and, and look at, it's not just any job interview, right? It's like any fucking job interview. You're looking to, you're basically looking to interview to be a part of what the, the top 1% of the 1%, like, you know, the top 1% of the military, like mm-hmm. the elite don't, of the don't elite. fuck around with that. Like from start to finish, don't be your authentic sweatpants. professional self, like show up and show them from day one, you know, what you're bringing to the table. Uh, yeah, like I, that's a that's a really good, um, that's a good point. Yeah, that was something I learned, and I'm like, God, because I'm telling you right now, I would have been that bitch that showed up in sweatpants. I'd be like, it's a long flight. Let me get on my comfies, you know. And like the bus yeah. comes pick you up, and you change quick, but you don't know who's on that flight. No, you don't know who's great, watching you. And even though point. they don't know, you know, you don't know them. They sure shit know you. He happened to know that that person was was going out for selection. So, yeah, just kind of fu- found it funny. Food for thought, but. Yeah, so that's just us kind of bantering based on our old, um, you know, some programming we've done in the past, and our success rate's been really good. We've been a hundred percent for the ones yep. we could get to with all the all the pillars that we're talking about here. Uh, so it does work, you know. So if you have any questions, make sure you reach out to us. You can sure yeah message us on Instagram or message us on LinkedIn. You can email us. But if you have any selection specific questions whether you're an active duty or if you're a provider, like just reach yeah, out. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Like it's, um, you know, uh, be in receive mode, right? Like if you're listening, if you're listening to this and this intrigues you, like, you know, again, if you're a provider, be in receive mode as to how you can, you know, set up that programming. If you're the person looking to go to selection receive mode. And then once you get there, 
receive mode. Again, going back to that, like catching it, like catch this information and look at, you know, what you can do with it rather than immediately reacting. Um, yeah, I, I love, you know, I think that we worked, we worked with really, I, I love working with people who have just this intense motivation to succeed high mm -hmm. performers. Like there's some really awesome stuff you can do with it. And selection is absolutely one of them. So use your fucking resources and like be that become that best version. Like, you know, but don't, don't, don't shoot yourself in the foot and leave out one of the most important, which is your brain. Yeah. Cognitive overrules the physical any day. Because <laughs> any day you can lift yeah. heavy shit all day long, but not if your brain doesn't think you can. Yeah. Hey, exactly. So keep that in mind and, and 100%. let us know. Yeah, yeah. Let us know. And, uh, you know, we're here for yeah. you. We, yeah. We've, uh, we've been there, done that. We enjoy this shit. We could talk about it all night long. Absolutely. Yeah. Let it. So let us know, right? Like feedback, always love it. And, uh, you know, again, don't, don't put out in selection. That's what she said. It is. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Until next time, you guys, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. Like what you hear? Click and subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming episode, email us at notyourtypicaldoctors at gmail.com. Don't forget, connect with us on LinkedIn and follow us on Instagram at notyourtypicaldoctors. Talk to you later.